0: Hello and welcome to the Next Stage podcast by Web Summit. My name is Luke, and today we'll be hearing from entrepreneur and founding CEO of digital banking startup Revolut, Nikolai Storonsky. Nikolai took to the stage at Web Summit 2019 to discuss finance in all its forms, the future for digital banking, and what the future holds for Revolut and all its competitors. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I'm Alastair Marsh, reporter with Bloomberg in London, I cover crypto and blockchain. I'm joined by a gentleman that is probably very well known here, Nikolai Stavonski, who's the co-founder and CEO of Revolut, as we've just heard. Nikolai, I wonder if, as I say, I guess you're very well known in this room, but for those who don't know you, could you briefly introduce yourself, tell us about Revolut, and tell us how the company got into crypto. Uh,
1: Sure, so my name is Nick. Uh, I'm founder and CEO of a company called Revolut, so Revolut is effectively a digital bank. which provides you all financial services uh, that banks provide. And on top of it, we do much more, for example, crypto. So I started it about three years ago. Uh, Now we have uh, more than 3 million customers across Europe. We're opening, uh, well, 8 to 10,000 new accounts a day. Transaction volume is uh, more than uh, $3.5 billion a month at the moment. And uh, we are expanding outside of Europe as well.
0: Fantastic, okay. One, one of the headlines recently around Revolut has been uh, that the company has achieved unicorn status, this kind of mythical and wonderful achievement for a fintech to have a valuation of more than a billion dollars. Can you talk to us a little bit about how much or how significant the crypto business was in achieving that, um, that milestone, and also um, how, what proportion of, kind of future revenue and profits you expect to come from your involvement in the crypto space?
1: Uh, sure, so we launched launched the crypto uh, December last year. So it's about 10 months ago and uh, I mean, it was great, right? So there, there was a lot of demand a lot of volume coming through the platform uh, So this year it's uh, much less right due to hype you know coming off uh, Overall, we still kind of you know produce quite a good volumes, but they are 20-30 percent uh, Compared to the level it was before in December in terms of revenues uh, I mean, it's not that significant for us, so it's less than 10% of revenue comes from uh, crypto business, and in terms of valuation, I mean, my, my experience with investors was, uh, I mean, at least when we raised money, they, they didn't really care about, about this business, uh, okay. because we, we effectively position ourselves as a bank, not as a crypto business.
0: I yeah. see, okay. What well, One criticism about the offering that you have in crypto, and I wondered if you could maybe talk a little bit about this, is that it was structured so that you couldn't do wallet-to-wallet transfers, i.e. if you had a Bitcoin in your Revolut account and you wanted to uh, monetize that, you, you couldn't transfer it out, you had to convert to fiat and then and then take it out. Could you explain a little bit why it was structured that way? Would you change it? What was the thinking beh- behind that Please.
1: I mean, the reality, uh, because we partner with uh, many banks, we partner with uh, Visa and MasterCard as well, uh, and they simply didn't allow us, right? <laughs> 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 so we, we fought you know, very hard about it, but reality we lost, right? And then as a result, you can only buy and sell crypto within our account. Uh, you can't uh, load crypto you can't withdraw so right now we're trying to effectively make a business case where we Allow people to withdraw crypto to other crypto wallets. and if we win it, then you the know, next uh, logical step will be to allow people to load crypto and then the reason why banks and those you know, schemes are afraid of uh, uh, loading crypto is obviously uh, They're old-fashioned right very risk averse uh, and their compliance people don't know technology right as a result uh they don't know what tools to exist to, for example, to do suspicious uh, transaction monitoring um, on crypto nodes. And they just, you know, tell, you know what, you, you can't do with that's it.
0: Okay, another milestone or another kind of big news point around Revolut is the application for a banking license and moving towards a bank, which you just mentioned. Can you talk a little bit about the progress with regard to that, and, mm-hmm. and will having that license allow for a differentiated crypto offering from what you've just said, and obviously you said that uh, the existing partners perhaps complicated what you may have wanted to achieve. Will having your own banking license Get over those hurdles do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, so the reason uh, behind the decision-making to apply for banking license was uh, we want to be as independent as possible, right? And uh, just uh, being e-money institution, uh, we still rely on banks. So we wanted to kind of you know have a bit more independence So we applied for banking license and then we looked uh, across the whole Europe where we want to apply, right? And then we looked at, I don't know UK, Germany, uh, Luxembourg, and then the process was uh, two years to get a license, which, from my point of view, is just an you know, ridiculous long. And then we uh, uh, chosen uh, Lithuania uh, because uh, their process seemed to be you know faster. It was only like you know twelve months, and they were also pushing into fintech territory by being you know extremely fintech friendly. So we were one of the first companies who applied for banking license in Lithuania, and I think, you know, 10 or 20, you know, uh, companies uh, from the UK uh, followed us as well. So we expect to get it, uh, hopefully, by, by end of this year.
0: Right. I've asked you a lot about the company thus far. Just to step back a bit and to, I guess, to get to the point of today's discussion, which is about crypto and banking. Do you, do you think or could you share your thoughts about what a crypto bank might look like or a bank where sort of blockchain technology and crypto economics are a key variable in how it's how it's structured and how it
1: runs I mean the way I personally see opportunities actually in the B2B business right so I don't know what, whether like uh, you your how like you know corresponding banking works uh, reality is that in each country we've got like you know 10 20 30 banks right and then uh, whenever they do uh, international payments, they need to set up uh, themselves accounts in, uh, in 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 other banks outside of their country, right? As a result, they have this uh, huge uh, corresponding network of bank having a bank account, another bank having an account in another bank. It can be like, you know, 10 banks in a chain. Uh, so basically, uh, the huge opportunity now is to uh, create effectively uh, uh, a digital currency, right, which is packed to dollar, to euro, to pound, and so on. And as a, as a result, uh, you can effectively create uh, a centralized issuer like central bank, and then all other organizations they can you know send or receive money uh, through blockchain without actually setting up corresponding banking. So I think that's uh, a big thing that can be done you know using using blockchain. I think someone uh, sooner or later will uh, will get it done.
0: Okay. So, do you foresee a time when banks may create or use may, may create their own stable coins
1: or use them in you, you use some type of way? Yeah, 100%. 100 really? uh, will happen because it's, it's just cheaper and uh, more more convenient.
0: I see. Okay. W- working for Bloomberg, I'm very interested in what we might describe the institutionalization of crypto, in particular the movement of kind of big finance, whether that be banks or hedge funds, asset managers, into the crypto space. And I've been tracking or trying to keep a track of what the big banks are doing and whilst we hear various things about custody and market making and various sort of synthetic derivatives that various banks are working on, it does seem at this point that there's a lot of noise but not really that much kind of concrete action or not not that many things that you could point to to really demonstrate that the banks are that heavily involved in crypto at this point beyond talking. What's your thinking on that? Do you agree with how I've just described it? And what are the, what are the key impediments for a, a big banks getting involved in this space?
1: Well, I agree. Uh, banks usually talk, but don't do. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I agree with it. Uh, so we see a lot of you know, uh, talk about you know, crypto. Some, uh, some banks uh, start creating uh, trading desks uh, in cryptocurrency. But reality so far, last uh, eight, nine months, I just don't think it, it really moved uh, much.
0: Right, okay. And it seems a lot of the offerings or a lot of things that are being discussed are kind of all arm's length. So you you have like a Goldman Sachs NDF and you have Morgan Stanley talking about swaps and you have various other things, but it doesn't seem that anyone is actually trading or uh, getting involved in the underlying markets. It's always a step removed. Is that just simply a function of kind of regulatory worries or is there something bigger behind that?
1: I think banks are very good uh, at following their uh, big clients, right? Uh, so like, you know, Goldman Sachs. Obviously, they, they, they serve uh, big institutional investors and uh, you know big hedge funds. So unless these uh, big institutional investors and hedge funds move heavily in crypto world, I just don't think you know uh, banks will move because they simply try to make money, right, from, from their clients. If their clients want to, I don't know, swaps on crypto or like, I don't know, some kind of uh, uh, borrow crypto to, to sell. Uh, Then you know they they will move fast. So it seems that you know there is no interest from big uh, institutional investors so far. I see.
0: I I read an article earlier in the year about Morgan Stanley preparing uh, swaps uh, on kind of Bitcoin ETFs, uh, Bitcoin futures, sorry. And the uh, basically the, the sources that we had said that the offering was ready to go at any moment. They were just waiting to see if there was any institutional demand, which I guess yeah. s- speaks to your point. So perhaps it's not just an impediment on the bank side, but also you s- to see perhaps that the institutional investors, the bank's biggest clients are not interested in the space. I mean, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, has said that not one single customer of his, I don't know whether that's true or not, he has probably many, many customers, but um, he's said that not one of them wanted to, or has asked BlackRock for crypto business.
1: I mean, yeah, you're forgetting that, you know, all these uh, big institutional uh, uh, funds, they also have compliance department, right? So this compliance department here is, okay, you know, Bitcoin, swap on Bitcoin, optional Bitcoin, they they, 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 they just uh, scared, right? right? So then, you know, nothing happens.
0: So how do we get over this hurdle? Is it the FCA or the SEC needs to come out and kind of give a rubber stamp to some, uh, in some way, shape, or form to certain types of crypto activity? Or are there other underlying factors at play?
1: I think it's just a question of time, right? Because uh, usually people are afraid uh, of uh, anything new. Uh, compliance people are afraid squared, right? Uh, so uh, yeah, just a question of time when you know community becomes you know more familiar with instruments, and then hopefully there will be you know some more demand, and then you know banks will follow.
0: Okay. Okay, you've worked for a big bank or a few, you've
1: worked for Credit Suisse. Do do you see a
0: time when the the big names in kind of established finance, the Credit Suisse or the Goldman or the JP Morgan, when those guys are really the big names in crypto? I mean, they're not, they are big names, but they're not big names in crypto now.
1: Uh, I don't know, difficult to say. Uh, I think... uh, I mean, my bet would be that fintechs will be very big in uh, crypto, right? Uh, for the foreseeable future. I just don't think banks will catch up.
0: Right, okay. Perhaps, I mean, it, one, one thing that's very interesting to me is that um, if you look at the ETF market and how that has evolved, actually you have a lot of kind of smaller market makers or smaller in terms of size compared to the banks who actually really control the trading of ETFs or in a big way. Perhaps, and it actually it seems that there are similar things happening in the crypto market. Do you think that it will be that, you know, there will be other key kind of market participants like, like the kind of high-frequency trading shops then that have a bigger role to play in crypto than the banks? Is that how things would evolve, you think?
1: Yeah, I think there is definitely an opportunity for high-frequency firms uh, in crypto space. I remember when we launched crypto, it was just mad. I was looking at uh, different arbitrage opportunities between different exchanges. I mean, you can right. make like you know, 5% five on the trade, right? And then, you know, and because all uh, effectively startups and fintechs in uh, crypto trading, they are mature, so they don't really kind of, you know, know how uh, financial world works. Uh, so the result market uh, was very inefficient, I guess, you know, it's still very inefficient. So I think if uh, professionals from uh, hedge funds or high-frequency trading firms come in, and uh, particularly target this market, uh, so initially they can make a lot of money on it.
0: Okay. A lot of the discussion that we've had thus far is about banks kind of creating new uh, businesses for crypto, whether it be marking making or custody or what have you. but kind of bank's bread and butter is is lending and sort of deposits. Well, actually, one one way potentially that they could get involved in the crypto space is to bank crypto businesses, like exchanges or brokerages. But that's actually proved to be very, and certainly in some cases, uh, controversial and it's not really happening. Do you think that 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 kind of lending and banking could be a sort of a simple bridge between um, kind of not, well, a simple first step? into the space for established banks. Uh,
1: so you're asking about whether they would, uh, apart from lending, be involved in, uh, for example, I don't know, deposit in crypto? Well, whether whether it
0: would make sense for a established bank to provide an account or loans to crypto
1: businesses. Uh, of course, it makes sense, right? But I mean, uh if if you're a crypto business and then you know you try to open a bank account, I mean, forget about it, right? So, like they they will not open for you. So then you will need to probably uh, try to open a bank account with uh, smaller banks. Right. Uh, but generally, like crypto business is considered extremely high risk business by uh, compliance in banks, and uh, in 99% of the banks uh, they, they they just simply like you know don't take application. Right. Uh, but I think you know there is a big opportunity for for banks actually to to serve these clients. They just need to learn how to do it.
0: They may be high risk, but some of them are also highly profitable, too, if you look at some yeah, of the exactly. exchanges. I mean, exactly, yeah. Okay. You think that, the, what, what would it take to turn, turn the dial? Is it just uh, risk and compliance getting more comfortable with the idea of, of crypto? Or um, is it, does it come, again, back to regulation?
1: Uh, I think it's uh, purely a risk-reward function, right? So, if I'm a bank, right, and then, you know, I, I, a client is uh, risky, right? So cryptocurrency exchange can go bust, right? You, you can have, you know, potentially big PR, uh, big PR, negative PR about it. So just change more money, right? So that's, that's what I would do, but uh, for some reason, banks just prefer not to serve these clients.
0: Okay. Yeah. And with, with time sort of drawing to a close on us, I wonder if we could just look ahead to sort of next year. So 2017 was a very dramatic year for the crypto space. 2018 has been kind of a a big downer and potentially a kind of weeding out of some of the less fruitful projects, let's call it that. What's your uh, thoughts for kind of 2019 in in crypto? Are we kind of another rally or or is it just building on sort of the constructive stuff that's
1: happened this year? What what do you think as we look forward? I think usually every new thing goes through ups and downs, right? And usually we see like, you know, uh, double dips so I think you know next year there, there, there might be something exciting appearing uh, for like you know everyday usage because the reality is uh, for majority of uh, well at least our customer script is still like you know speculative tool okay. um, there is a uh, opportunities now in B2B right maybe we'll see in 2019 some opportunities in uh, b c so some are real real use cases okay. so a constructive year but not a very exciting year perhaps
0: well we'll see we'll see okay uh ladies and gentlemen nikolai stromsky thank you very much thank you thank you